to season three of National Treasure Hunt, the podcast where the secret lies not only with Charlotte, but also with your co-hosts. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Emily. Em, it's been so long since we've been on the air. I missed you. I have missed you too. It truly has been a long and winding road to get back here, but I'm so glad that we are back here today. Yes, um, this is going to be a really exciting season for us and for all of our National Treasure Hunters listening in. We have a lot planned and we'll preview that for you in just a moment. But first and foremost, um, I just want to say we had a pretty exciting off season. I think that's an understatement. <laughs> I'm glad because I kind of do too. Um, so for anyone who somehow missed it, I guess... We did a lot on the National Treasure Hunt social media accounts over the off season. So you might have seen a bonus episode that was a blooper reel that was embarrassing, but all in good fun. That was a joy to put together, may I just say. <laughs> oh boy. Well, moving right along, we also did our traditional, you know, season two bracket crowning our top episode of our last season. But I think what takes the cake is probably the launch of our official National Treasure Hunt merch store. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone told us that you're not supposed to go buy all of your own merch, but we definitely did that. Low-key have too many of these shirts and <laughs> other paraphernalia. I mean, it's totally worth it, though. It was uh, a lot of fun. But hey, little shout out, if you haven't already and you're a fan of our show, go check out our merch store on TeePublic right now. You're going to find really fun t-shirts. You're going to find kind of everything you can imagine. Masks, notebooks, stickers, magnets, you name it, it's there. Show your support for us. And hey, when you do, make sure you take a picture and send it to us. And now seems like a really good time to do our social media shout out, Emily, because that's where they're going to send us their pictures. That is where you're going to send us all of your pictures and all of your comments about this episode and every other episode in season three. Guys, we are on Twitter and Instagram at NT Hunt Podcast. Please go ahead and follow us on both of those accounts. Guys, we love talking to you. So literally any chance we get, we will engage with you. So please feel free to tell us various things about your lives, about the show, about how National Treasure comes up in your own life. And then we also are available for your listening ears on platforms such as Spotify, iTunes, and yes, I will say it again, the hipster form, which is SoundCloud. And we are called National Treasure Hunt. Yes. And with this launch of season three of our show, we do want to send a special welcome to any new listeners, any National Treasure fans joining us for the very first time. We love to have you. And we welcome back all of our consistent National Treasure hunters. Gosh, we have a lot in store for you this season. Not to mention the fact that we're about a week away right now from our one year anniversary of this show. Feels like just yesterday. I mean, that's probably partially because of the pandemic and lockdown, but yes, it, <laughs> it does feel like just yesterday. But hey, guys, before we get started on this episode, really quickly, what can you expect from National Treasure Hunt Season 3? Well, you might be asking yourself that because last time I checked, we still don't have National Treasure 3, so we don't mm -hmm. have a third movie to focus on this season, but hey, that is a-okay because we have so much content in store going even deeper into both the first and the second film in the National Treasure franchise. So we're going to be doing things like character analyses. We're going to be bringing you some more special interviews with experts associated with the films. We're going to be taking a look at more niche disciplinary areas this season. Um, I think ethics and morals is on the book, and I know Emily's really looking forward to that. Yes, so much looking forward to that one, guys. That's going to be a banging episode. Yeah, yeah. We have a, we have a lot in store, so you're going to want to keep coming back. A reminder that as of today, being back on the airwaves, we are coming at you with a new episode for season three every other Wednesday. So with that said, 
I think it's only appropriate to kick off season three of National Treasure Hunt with our customary intro segment that we like to call Screams from Parkington Lane. Aubrey, can I please go first this time? You can, but let me really quickly just re-explain what this is for any of our newcomers. Um, So Screams from Parkington Lane is really just an acknowledgement that ever since we started this podcast, National Treasure has really started infiltrating the lives of Emily and myself in really unexpected ways. So we like to think that we are deep into the pit of National Treasure. And what is the pit associated with National Treasure? It's Parkington Lane. So these are our screams from the very bottom of Parkington Lane, which is honestly in the movie full of death and despair, but for us, it's full of happiness. Go ahead, Emily, share us your scream. (laughs) Yes, so guys, I was excited about this one because I have been waiting to share it with you for a little while now. So I recently went on a double date and on this double date by the other couple that was on the date, they, they knew about this podcast and I was asked very specific questions about national treasure and national treasure too. And I wanted to go first guys, because I wanted to introduce our new listeners to kind of my persona on this podcast and just who I am as a person which is not an act, by the way. It is not at all. I have the memory of the goldfish. And I have difficulty remembering the plot lines and how we get from clue to clue in the various national treasure films. Though, as you'll, I'm sure, hear me say multiple times, I am qualified to be a host of this podcast because I love the films. Anyway, they were asking me very specific questions about very specific clues. And I was like, you know who would know the answer to those questions? My co-host, Aubrey. (laughs) She would be great if she were here right now. You guys would have so many answers to all of the questions that you're asking. But unfortunately, you just have me who can just tell you about what I like about the movies (laughs) and about quotes and the music. Emily, I'm a little disappointed your answer to them wasn't, you can find those answers by following us at NT Hunt Podcast on Twitter. (laughs) Did I do it right? Did I do it? Yeah, no, it was, it was close. I mean, like, you know, always going to be second tier to the, the OG, but. Okay, whatevs. Well, I have a scream to share as well. Um, my scream is related to the fact that I've suddenly been having a lot of dreams related to National Treasure, Nicolas Cage, our podcast, you name it. I literally have a list of dreams that I'll be using as screams in the coming weeks. So y'all have that to look forward to. Today, the dream that I'm going to share is just, I think, a great example of how I put a lot of effort into our social media accounts. And apparently, this causes me to subconsciously stress out while I'm sleeping. Last season, y'all might remember that we had an episode, um, I think it was called Hunt for Villains, and we spent a whole episode comparing and contrasting the villains of National Treasure and Book of Secrets, so Ian Howe and Mitch Wilkinson. And if you follow us on social media, you might remember that we also, to kind of accompany the episode, we ran a poll on Twitter to kind of figure out which villain you all prefer, overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, as in unanimously, y'all voted for Ian Howe because you guys are smart. That was Um, the correct answer. Right. You did it right. You you listened and you did a good job. Um, So when I had shared that result back last season, I had made very clear, like, this was unanimous. No one likes Mitch, whatever, whatever. I had a dream recently that somehow after the poll had closed and after I had shared the result that it was a unanimous decision that Ian had won, I had this dream that people had gone in and started voting again. And then they started voting for Mitch. And so then I had to like delete this clean sweep for Ian tweet. And it was like really stressful for me because I was like, we really pride ourselves on being as accurate as possible. And I felt like I had just like totally spoken for our whole listener community being like, y'all hate Mitch. And then all of a sudden everyone loves Mitch. And it was really stressful, Emily. 
You know, it sounds like it, Aubrey. I, I do feel the need to inform you, though you may not know this in your your sleep state. Um, you you can't really the 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 followers can't reopen a Twitter poll. No, I know, but you know how things work in dreams, Emily. All bets are off. Mm-hmm. And things get extra scary. So that's just clear dedication to the craft on my part, I will say. Um, And once again, y'all, if you have screams from Parkington Lane to share, please send them to us on Twitter. And please don't tell me that you like Mitch because it might be a trigger. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, I think it's time to get started with this episode, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. Spoiler alert, the entire theme of this episode is dissecting the trailer for National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets, which of course we will post the link to the trailer on Twitter. Now the first thing you are probably going to ask us is, okay, why aren't you dissecting the trailer then for the first National Treasure? And there's a reason for this, okay? So so guys, I'm going to put it straight up for you. Go watch the first National Treasure trailer. Just do it. It's totally normal. It's a lovely experience. It's about two and a half minutes full of scenes that we know and love, albeit stitched together in a different order because, you know, that's movie magic for you. But you get your classics. You get your, did Bigfoot take it? You know, you get your, I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. You see the beautiful silhouette image of Ben and Abigail in front of the Jefferson Memorial. You see Riley's green laser pointer. You see Shaw falling to his death in Parkington Lane itself. It's all there. So you would expect the same of National Treasure too, right? Right? Right, Emily? Um... I want to say right, but I know the answer. (laughs) Yeah, the answer is wrong because by comparison, the trailer for National Treasure 2 is not normal. This is two and a half minutes full of scenes that we've never seen before. It's full of lines that we've never heard before. And this is something that Emily and I discovered sometime last season. I think probably when we were doing our sort of production behind the scenes episode of National Treasure 2. And it kind of blew our minds, and we knew from that day forward this episode was going to happen at some point, and today is the day. So the first thing I have to ask you, Emily, what are your first impressions of the National Treasure 2 trailer? Well, it was something. Um, It it wasn't National Treasure 2. (laughs) (laughs) That's for certain. Totally different movie, right? I yeah but but the weird thing is that I have a recollection of seeing this trailer in like real time when it was originally airing and I remember being pumped Mm -hmm. for this movie because as I've mentioned in the past I will get to it but I have a thing for the JFK assassination I have a thing for a lot of the stuff that they mention in Mm -hmm. the trailer and I remember just being like, this is clearly going to be the best movie in the world. And I have to say that when I saw the movie, I didn't think any less of it. At the time, I was just a casual viewer. I was just going along and was like, sure, this scene, this is this was fun. This was a little fun romp with our friends, Nick, Abigail, and Riley. You could throw some parental units in there. Nick, we got Abigail, and Riley. Nick, Abigail, and Riley. <laughs> Ben, Abigail, <laughs> and Riley. I mean, let's be honest, he is Nick. Right, He's they're, they're interchangeable. Uh, throw some parental units into the mix. We got a subpar villain, but like, you know, you, you, you work with what you have. And I liked the movie. So rewatching the trailer now, after having gone so in depth on the first two films, I just have to say like, like, wow. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I couldn't have said it better. Wow, indeed. And I think you said something that's really, really worth re-mentioning, which is if there's a casual National Treasure viewer out there, they're probably going to watch the National Treasure 2 trailer and be like, oh yeah, that's National Treasure 2. Like, of course it is. But no one listening to this podcast is a casual National Treasure viewer, right? Like, let's get that really straight here. So, 
that is why we wanted to have this chat with you all today because I feel like you're going to be just as astounded as we were. So the way we're going to go through this episode is we are quite literally going to go through this trailer scene by scene. And in doing so, we are going to spend some time identifying these new or altered scenes talk about things like where they were supposed to appear, what they were replaced by, you know, how any alternate footage could have changed the plot or the ending. Because when I tell you guys that there there are fundamental changes to clues that could have turned this two hour and 11 minute movie into an hour long film, that's literally what we're talking about here. So that's how we're gonna go through this episode. We will acknowledge rightfully that we are turning a two and a half minute trailer into an hour long conversation, but trust us, it is completely warranted. And so with that, Emily, you think it's time? Should we get started? I think we should get going. Okay. So this trailer opens with, (laughs) with Mitch. Okay. First and foremost, can I just say, why are we opening with our villain, especially our subpar villain? They should have known. The, what the reaction from the audience was going to be and they should have known just, just not to go there I mean and it's but it's Mitch's big quote right it opens with with Mitch saying a man only has one lifetime but history can remember you forever and then this is kind of overlaid on top of Ben lighting a flare in Cibola as it's flooding which I'm pretty sure he never actually did because like water and fire um mm-hmm. kind of water useless. by the way a better villain than Mitch Wilkinson good point we are actually introduced to both villains in this film immediately. <laughs> That's a really good point. Um, I also just want to point out that we subsequently see the little little golden man that Riley points out at the very end of the movie for all of half a second, which is funny because it's totally inconsequential and means nothing. But what's really, I think, poignant here is the fact that the next thing that we see is Wilkinson again presenting the diary page, the the Booth diary page at the lecture hall where Ben and his dad are giving this presentation. We see close-ups of the page and we see Mitch accusing Thomas Gates of planning Lincoln's assassination. Now, I find this particularly interesting just from a in-depth, almost literature perspective that Mitch is talking about you know, only having one lifetime, but history can remember you forever. And then we see the next few scenes are all really bad remembrances from history. It's like, yeah, we're going to glorify John Wilkes Booth. History remembers you forever. Here's his diary page. And hey, here's a guy we're accusing of also killing Abe Lincoln. Remember you forever. Weird tonally, right? It is a weird tonal shift. I mean, I I like it for you know, today's times, I think, I think it's very, very fitting uh, for kind of the way that, like, you, you are remembered by history for both the good things and the bad things you do. Uh, For a Disney movie trailer, definitely a weird choice. (laughs) And granted, again, this is probably something that no one has noticed before or talked about, but we noticed, that's what we're here for. But you know what's something else that we noticed, Em? is the fact that this trailer jumps around like crazy, okay? So we've just seen Thomas Gates being accused of being the conspirator, the key conspirator in the assassination. And now we have Benjamin Gates in a tux heading into the Library of Congress after we know he just kidnapped the president. Jeez, that's a, that's abrupt. The leap. But whatever. We, uh, we're going to ignore the leaps because that's just, we're going to call that movie magic. There's plenty more to criticize in this trailer, even leaving that out. The next thing we see flash across the screen is some text that says a quest to clear his family's name. And then we hear Ben explaining that we cannot have Thomas Gates remembered in history as an assassin of the president that brought the USA together. Um, And while he's saying this in combination at his dad's house, as well as at the Lincoln Memorial, we're seeing lots of scenes in this trailer of Ben at the Lincoln Memorial, um, where we never saw him in this actual film. To be clear, he spent no time there. Aubrey and I have spent more time there than Ben spent there. 100%. And probably more time spent there than Nicolas Cage ever did. Maybe. 
<laughs> Maybe he's just a really big Lincoln fan. It's Who knows? But besides the Lincoln Memorial point, I actually found it pretty interesting, Emily, that this is a line that never made it into the film, right? The this specifically Ben saying that Thomas can't be remembered as the assassin of this particular president that brought the U.S. together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was interesting that got left out because you and I frequently debate how accurate that concept of bringing the U.S. together under Lincoln actually is. And it seems like a poignant thought that would typically find its way into these films. So, you know, they bring it up a little later in the film where they, you know, mention, you know, Ben saying, you know, we went from saying the United States are to the United States is. Mm -hmm. And you kind of in that, you know, that's one of the quotes that I like, you get the kind of idea of this unification of the United States, but I think that like having a line kind of elsewhere in the movie to throw that out to the audience would have definitely been helpful and helped yeah. to make that even more poignant. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing that we see is we're back at the Library of Congress with Ben in his tux. And he's saying that he needs to see the diary page as he's walking into the building. But we know, of course, based on his wardrobe alone, that this is post-president kidnapping two-thirds of the way through the movie. So, like, he doesn't need to see the diary page anymore, um, which is... That's been done. That was done, like, an hour ago, (laughs) you know, in, like, film time. Um, But this, I think, is going to feed in really interestingly to a scene that Emily, you and I are going to talk about in just a second, because maybe this is where the altered diary page comes into play spoiler alert anyway we'll come back to that um but i will say that this non-existent scene does give a beautiful look at the architecture of the library of congress that we don't actually get to see in the film so that's nice Mm -hmm. anyway we're back to seeing text flash across the screen and this time we are treated with a secret hidden for centuries um yeah i mean sure right not untrue not untrue but let's just say you're watching this trailer cold, you know, having never seen this movie before. With the previous, you know, 15 seconds of context we just gave you, what are you assuming that secret hidden for centuries is referring to? You have to assume he's talking about clearing his ancestor's name. Why? I don't know, Emily. Is there a treasure? We don't know yet. They haven't mentioned a treasure yet. What is the secret? Even though we know that this line, a secret hidden for centuries, is referencing Native American treasure, the casual viewer doesn't know that. I mean, I will argue, to be fair, the movie is called National Treasure Book of Secrets, but the fact that it has treasure in the title kind of makes you think that, like, maybe there'll be a treasure at some point. Right, but the rest of this trailer leaves a lot to be desired in the (laughs) treasure department. But I will say, now the trailer gets really good. Okay, this is one of the, this is honestly the thing that I want to discuss the most. There are several more things we're going to discuss in depth in this episode, but this is the biggie, okay? The next thing we see, you guys, I kid you not, Abigail is looking at the Booth Diary page under spectral imaging as we are familiar with, right, from the movie early on, mm-hmm. Ben convinces her this is a thing we need to do. What does she see, you may ask? She sees the eagle clutching the scroll. The symbol is on the Booth Diary page. What? What in the world is happening? And it's not only just this altered image like maybe they altered it for the trailer for some reason ben actually says there's a symbol stamped into the page can we if that uh, symbol stamped into the page why didn't we see it ben i'm just i'm so flabbergasted by this you guys because there's so many implications here right for for what this means for the plot of the movie for what this means for the production of the movie and how it came together because they clearly shot the spectral imaging scene two different ways and whether that happened on like two different days once they like figured out what the plot was going to be or whether it was done on the same day and they just like weren't sure which version they were going to use 
I'm not sure. But the reason it's so astonishing is because this isn't a subtle little change, right? As we know, in the film that we all know and love, they don't see a symbol stamped into the Booth Diary page. Mm -mm. Instead, they see the fragments of the Playfair cipher that are stamped onto the page basically as like um like a mirror image of where it was actually written on the subsequent page right it was like stamped from like residual ink if you will mm -hmm. and that of course leads them to the statue of liberty in paris which then leads them to buckingham palace which then leads them to the oval office and only then in the oval office do we actually ever see the eagle clutching the scroll that's a whole hour to an hour and a half of the movie that just doesn't happen if we're immediately introduced to the eagle clutching the scroll. It's it's a choice and it, it makes me question a lot of things. I think a choice is the best way to describe this trailer as a whole. <laughs> but I'm just so astonished here because I've been racking my brain trying to figure out, okay, if they found the eagle clutching the scroll earlier in this context, could they still have needed to go to Europe and do all those other things? Would they have still needed the planks? And I guess, I guess you would still, maybe you could find the president's secret book first and then find the picture of the plank and then I mean, realize... you did you did talk about last season a lot of the times how you feel like the clues could have been found in different orders and still would have gotten us to the same point. Right. And I think that's true. However, we would have completely cut out the Oval Office, which was a huge scene in in the movie, because think about it. If they had found the picture of the Oval Office plank in the president's secret book from the get go what would they have found out? Maybe they would have realized there was another half to the plank. And based on the Queen Victoria text in the President's Secret book, they would have known to go to Buckingham Palace. But there's no reason then to go to the Oval Office. Mm. There's no reason to go to the Statue of Liberty in Paris. And so you're cutting out two scenes granted Paris we talk we joke all the time about how the Paris scene was like five seconds long but that's a whole thing that wouldn't have been there the whole Phil Dunphy in the Oval Office wouldn't have happened the horror so I guess it's possible it's just weird I also wonder if it's possible that they didn't actually in this alternate universe of the film is it possible that they only look at the diary page after kidnapping the president? So remember just a few minutes ago, we were talking about how Ben's walking into the Library of Congress after kidnapping the president. We know that from his wardrobe and says, I need to see that page. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that for some reason he had to kidnap the president and then the president leads him to the diary page, which then leads him to the book. I wish you all could see my face right now. It's not convinced. It is, it is a very, very skeptical face, ladies and gentlemen. But do you know what I'm, but you see what I'm saying? I guess it's I possible, do. but I, but now I'm wondering about the production of it. Did they, this is a major change in the plot line and i i completely believe they can like photoshop in or out that logo on the page so that's not the part that's like a lot here but the whole plot is different did they did they film two versions at the same time not knowing what direction they were going i mean we do know from charles and Oren. we we folks who are newcomers we do have interviews with the co-creators of the franchise from the past two seasons and they did spill the beans last season telling us that they were writing pages of script the night before they were shooting each of them so is this just evidence of that i don't know but you, but you would think that like by the time they made the trailer they had all of this footage good point point. 
and like they could choose how to put it together. So maybe it was a later decision. It's possible. Uh, Guys, I mean, like this trailer literally leaves me thinking like we are all about that book. That book, that symbol, like I am all in on that story. Okay, so let's get to that then, because that's a good point. We're this is guys, this is still blown my mind. If it's blown your mind as much as it has as it has mine, please tell us about it. Tell us your theories. What is the alternate version of this movie that clearly exists? There are also clearly deleted scenes that we've never seen before. That needs to change. I okay, I rest my case. Anyway, after this completely history redefining scene with the booth diary page we now see our crew of of ben abigail and riley post easter egg roll when riley is explaining the eagle clutching the scroll symbol so now we're seeing footage that we are actually familiar with we're Mm -hmm. seeing riley you know explain as sort of a voiceover while ben is taking old books off of a bookshelf and we know that this footage is when he is in the special collection section of the Library of Congress looking for the president's book. Then we see him open the book and Riley's still talking. He's explaining what the president's secret book is. It's this mythical thing. Um, he's explaining that the book contains the nation's secrets. You know, we see flashes across the screen. I kid you not, guys. We see flashes across the screen of a no trespassing sign that looks like it's from Area 51. We see a black and white photo of JFK and footage of him driving in the car on that Mm -hmm. day. We see black and white photos of the moon landing. We see Area 51 newspaper clippings. Just like you said, Emily, the amount of airtime this explanation gets, recall, this is a two and a half minute trailer. This is a solid 15 to 20 seconds. This is substantial. And all the specific footage that goes with the explanation, you really think you're going to get an exploration of these historical conspiracy events in the movie. Yeah. And, and I mean, after seeing the movie, we now know that we're like kind of waiting for that maybe a national treasure three i don't i don't even know if we're gonna go into it there right i mean we don't i think we can all agree we don't get that in national treasure two we see riley kind of mystified about the fact that we could learn these secrets with this book but that's it that is all we get and then we get page 47 which you know years and years later we're still waiting on regardless We're now flashing to the White House Oval Office, the Resolute Desk, and then Ben is once again back at the Lincoln Memorial for the 84th time being pensive. Okay, here comes the next big scene that is problematic from the trailer. We now see Ben saying, this book could prove my grandfather's innocence. Here's why this is a problem, y'all. We see Ben saying this. We see the words coming out of his mouth. And not only that, we see where he's located. We see what he's wearing, okay? If you know this movie as well as we do, you and I and Emily on a good day, we all know, (laughs) sorry, I had to. We all know that he's saying this while he's looking at the diary page spectral image. Which, if he's referencing the book, would mean he said this after he saw the eagle clutching the scroll symbol stamped onto the Booth Diary page. This proves there was a version of the plot line in which Ben gets the lowdown on the president's secret book right from the beginning when he examines the page. Or, again, like we said before, in this alternate version, it somehow takes him longer to access the diary page, and the Playfair cipher is just way out the window. Like, forget that. <laughs> Literally forget that. I mean, I have. I, at this point, right? I maintain, Emily, if you have distinct memories of this trailer, do you think this is why National Treasure 2 confuses you so much? You know, it might just be. I... I have to say that if the plot line of the movie had been what is suggested in the trailer, it would have made 
so much more sense to me. <laughs> like not just today, but back then, but also today it would like the steps from one thing to another, there's less like filling in on details that we need. It's all, it's kind of like all coming from one place, kind of like in National Treasure 1, where we kind of got like most of our information from the back of the Declaration of Independence. We would be getting all of our information from like the president's book Mm. and moving forward like that. And that would have been, I think, easier for me to really appreciate and Mm -hmm. to follow along with quite honestly you know that's really interesting because you're right the president's book is the equivalent of the declaration of independence in this movie right Mm -hmm. but we're so but where things really different maybe why this is so confusing to to us you especially is (laughs) is because when we're focused on the Declaration of Independence being the key in the first film, everything is about the Declaration. Like that mm-hmm. is the big heist that has basically two clues involved with it, the cipher and the Parkington Lane picture. Whereas in National Treasure 2, if the main thing is the book, like the main key is the book, the heist isn't about book at least the main line associated with the heist is not about the book it's about the president right so it's hard to sort of keep track of what is the real treasure here what's the alternate treasure here we always like to say the declaration is like the real treasure in the first movie what is the real treasure in the second movie I would argue based on this trailer, it, it should be the Book of Secrets. And definitely not Cibola, because we don't even know that thing exists. <laughs> Speaking of, let's move right along. Um, we are now with Ben in his father's house saying lines about needing a few minutes with the president. And we start seeing, you know, the clips of him scuba diving to get to Mount Vernon. He says his, I'm sorry, Mr. President. And then the basement tunnel door slams shut. And I do want to point out really quick after the door slams shut, we get to see the Secret Service yelling code one and like running to the basement door at Mount Vernon, which we don't actually see in the film. But our good friend Annette Ahrens from Mount Vernon, who we interviewed in episode 20 last season, she showed us really cool pictures of that basement door. And there was totally footage with it. And we just didn't see it in the movie. Such a shame. Seriously, we just... Yeah, it's it's a total missed opportunity. Um, but you know, shout out to Annette; she's fantastic, and y'all should check out that episode if you haven't already. One of mm-hmm. our favorites. Um, then we have an interlude of angry cop cars because this is a heist movie, after all. And the CIA and the FBI are involved. Yeah. Okay, here's another one of our, our divergent scenes. You ready, Em? I am prepared. So, based on this trailer, Ben has locked the president in this tunnel. Well, we know it's a tunnel. No one else who hasn't watched this movie knows it's a tunnel based on this uh, this trailer. The president tells Ben that the secret book exists. And then he says, quote, but you are now number one on the NSA, CIA, and the FBI's most wanted list, end quote. We know that exchange didn't happen, first and foremost. Hmm. Something else I want to point out about this extra scene though is when the president is you know rattling off this list of authoritative agencies that now want ben in custody he's saying it in a tone that's kind of angry a little bit little 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 angry little angry (laughs) yes okay that's really subtle but that angry tone might actually help to make sense of something from the movie that has like bugged us for forever Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. for a long time, we've wondered why the president wasn't willing to just say, we got stuck in this tunnel, Ben Gates saved me. Why couldn't he say that from the get-go when that's what he ends up saying at the end of the movie when everything's all hunky-dory? Yep. Maybe the reason he doesn't say that from the get-go is he's actually kind of ticked off that Ben trapped him, <laughs> as evidenced by this trailer. Which, to be honest, like, just makes more sense from, like, a human perspective. (laughs) Like, I don't care. Like, it's not just because you're the president of the United States, but, like, anybody takes you out of, like, your birthday party. 
and kidnaps and you. kidnaps you and locks you in a place like I'm gonna be a little annoyed for sure for sure I I completely understand it also though gives us a totally different view of the president character whereas mm-hmm. before he was just like this benign like okay yeah I'll tell you about the book and like you know you're in trouble now so like good luck I wish you well I hope you do it no this is like threatening um and, and you know I- what I wonder if part of the reason they did that is because so for those of you who don't who are just tuning in for the first time here we had a we had an episode back in season two where we went through some of the quotes from national treasure one and two and one of my favorite quotes from national treasure two was when ben and the president were talking about you know finding this treasure and ben speaking about what a good man the president is and what an honorable man the president is and i i have to wonder if maybe they cut some of those angrier scenes out to portray him in this way that makes him kind of put up on a pedestal and like above the kind of like faulty human emotions that we all feel and instead making him this morally this morally stand up character mm. really that we can all like aspire to be like as kind of we've talked about before a lot of these movies we feel like have kind of an idealized notion of what the United States is yeah and I think in that sense maybe they wanted to portray an idealized notion of what the president should be that's a really good point that's actually a really good point you could be right (laughs) you could be right I do want to point out before we get off of this scene since I did promise we were going to go kind of line by line with this that you know, while the president is threatening Ben, we also see split second interludes of Ben at the Library of Congress, um, walking on the glass roof over the reading room and then jumping off of the roof. Now, I will point out that this is a deleted scene that we shared with you all on Twitter last season, because this is readily available online. Nonetheless, let's move on with our assessment of this trailer, which is another big problem. Okay, so we have another spot where we have uh, some text flashing across the screen, and that text is, when the book is opened. So, like, good for you with your sentence fragments. Um, And after that, we get a nice close-up of the secret book, and then, (laughs) here's the kicker, we get the map of Mount Vernon with the mark of George Washington on it. We've talked about this at length last season. And we have a quote by Ben, y'all. This is, this is something. Ben says, and I quote, this mark designates the secret tunnel that will lead us to the greatest treasure of all time, end quote. LOL, what? What even is happening right now in this trailer? <laughs> Okay, first and foremost, I'd like to point out, since I've been harping on this, this is the first mention of a treasure we've gotten in this film, text-wise or otherwise, okay? But, you know, more so, sorry, I'm just like, just really astounded here. More so, first and foremost, that map has nothing to do with Cibola. Like zero, it's centuries removed. We like to talk about the temporal relevance of things on this in this movie franchise. No temporal, you know, relevance there whatsoever. One could say there's a temporal disconnect. One could indeed say that, as it as it were. Um, now I would like to point out a couple more things about this scene that are particularly hilarious and or problematic. First of all, the splicing of, you know, this part of the trailer makes it look like he's, Ben is partially telling this to Riley and then partially telling it to the president. Um, But in any case, the key irony here is that, again, we haven't introduced the fact that a treasure exists yet. And what have we introduced? Well, first, this movie was about clearing Ben's ancestor's name. And then it was about finding this secret book that actually exists. We, again, haven't learned about there being a treasure, but moreover, how that connects to the ancestor or even the book. It's just like throwing a bunch of nouns at us. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, I'm just, I mean, I'm normally confused (laughs) on this podcast, but (laughs) I'm so confused right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I do have to say, even if we can somehow accept the disconnect between the nouns that are apparently the focal point of this movie, I got to wonder, was this quote completely what people in television call Frankenbitten, and I'll explain that in a second, or was there a plan at one point to have the Mount Vernon tunnel lead to the treasure? Discuss. Mm. Mm. I like that. I mean, I don't know if I'm thinking of the alternate versions of this that we've discussed over the past 30 minutes. I can't imagine that at any point they didn't have like the Black Hills and Mount Rushmore in the president's book so I don't know how they would have then incorporated that but I am of the opinion that this is a classic case of frankenbiting so anyone who watches reality television or you know studies film trailers or things like that you might be familiar with this term it's actually pretty interesting Um, It's this idea that in post-production and editing, you can take audio clips of things that people have said and clip them together, Franken-bite them together to make someone say something that they never actually said. Okay, so this is really common in reality television, for example, when you see people doing their little confessionals straight to the camera. Um, Oftentimes, when you see someone in a confessional speaking and then they flash away to other footage so you no longer see the words coming out of their mouth anymore Mm. that's often an indication that the the audio you're hearing has been spliced together to to say something that that person never actually said it's taking things that they did say in different contexts and smashing them together now Mm. in this case i think It was done here because, again, I I mentioned how the splicing makes it look like he's telling Riley at some point and he's telling the president at another point. And so it was done kind of sloppily um, because you can tell it's a disjointed sentence. But regardless, the meaning of the sentence they created is not at all furthering the plot. It is, on the contrary confusing the plot and so i would say that is a pretty ineffective use of frankenbiting and yeah and it not only is it confusing the plot it's confusing emily yeah which is a real shame i mean it's easy to do but still (laughs) oh my gosh okay so moving on um we have a little bit more of this two and a half minute trailer to get through We now see footage of our crew on the rocks in the Black Hills. We see more text on screen that says the adventure begins. And I would argue, hasn't the adventure already begun? (laughs) And I would also like to say that they are stealing our national treasure hunt lingo. Oh, wait, look. Now it's Ben asking the French cops how fast they can get to Buckingham Palace. So we're still going to Europe per this version of the footage, which is pretty interesting because I don't know how, given what we already discussed in this trailer. And so naturally we get some flash footage of B-roll of the golden gates outside of Buckingham Palace and the fuzzy hatted guards marching in procession. It's a thing and it happens. And it's so weird. I feel like we're time traveling through this trailer through the movie for this trailer and I just like, I don't, I don't know how the pieces, how you were supposed to think the pieces went together watching this trailer. You totally weren't. I feel like what's happening here is they were like, uh, we spent a lot of money to go to a lot of different places and we're going to make sure everyone sees that we went to all of those places. Hence their random inclusion in the trailer. Mm. Um, Okay. Next really problematic part of the trailer Um, And I hope you guys can see that we're delineating between silly things and actively problematic things. This is one of those problematic things. We see a Ben voiceover saying, someone else knows about the book. Uh, Nope. 
No one else knows about the book. Actually, that's the, that's the point of the book. Okay. Not only was that never said in the movie, instead, Ben actually says someone else is after the treasure. Right. And, you know, I just like to mention for those of you who are like real sticklers about things, someone else does know about the book. Spoiler alert. It's the president. Right. And I guess technically the FBI. The point here is Ben is implying that Mitch knows about the book. He's implying that because Mitch is the villain, but also because they flash Mitch's face on the screen as Ben is saying, someone else knows about the book. However, Mitch doesn't know about the book. Remember? Remember? Mitch doesn't know about anything. Mitch is hardly involved in any part of this treasure hunt in between the time that we are in England and the time that we are in the Black Hills. He is literally... He is literally, I'm sorry, he is literally just hacking into phone calls and knocking people out and kidnapping them. He is doing nothing. He doesn't know the book exists. I I just, I can't. Mitch basically just dies and gets credit. Yeah. For for being a hit Collateral man. damage. <laughs> or that. <laughs> Okay, I'm just going to leave that there because there's no convincing me that that is not incorrect. Now we have a bunch of flash scenes of Ben in front of a bunch of Native American symbols and architecture that I'm very confident we never once saw in the film. Nope. Ever. Um, We then have Ben asking, what is the final clue? And then we have- I'm wondering that too. Yeah, you know, you ask a good question, Emily. So does Ben, as it turns out. We have flashes once again of our travel agency who clearly, (laughs) you know, got some commission for putting this trailer together because we see Mount Vernon, the Statue of Liberty, the secret book, the Lincoln Memorial, spectral image of the diary page again. And suddenly we're in our London car chase scene. Um, You thought that was the end of our flash scenes that mean absolutely nothing in a totally random order? You would be wrong there's more it's finally helen mirren she says another gates family quest well at least that's half consistent she's at least skeptical even in the trailer they kept that uh pretty much the same so i guess we can give them that we then see ben manipulating the oval office resolute desk puzzle box even though based on this trailer he never would have needed to go there we see the arc de triomphe in france i repeat lol what We see more of Ben and Abigail walking into the Library of Congress. Apparently that entrance is really freaking long because they've been walking through it for five minutes now. And You gotta focus on the couple, Aubrey. You gotta focus on the couple. You know, I will say that Abigail is barely featured in this trailer. I know, it hurt my heart. What, What do we call that? Hashtag patriarchy. That we do. And then finally, we see the part of the car chase where the beer kegs are falling off the truck, which I think is particularly LOL, because we all know how much I like to talk about the choreography of that scene. But at last, we do see Ben surrendering his hand to the heart of the warrior and screaming before more flash scenes of a flooding underground cavern, the taxi flipping over during the London car chase, more of a flooding cavern, more of a car chase, and then someone jumping off of the bridge in London. What now? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I really can't go into much more detail than that because all of this happens in the span of about five seconds. Um, but we are finally treated to the fact that um, we're introduced to the title of this movie, Emily. It's National Treasure Book of Secrets. So I guess there's a treasure and a book, but still nothing about clearing that ancestor's name, which the first 30 seconds of this trailer was all about. It's true. <laughs> um, and finally, we do end on a lovely comic relief scene that I know you probably enjoyed, Emily, which sadly did not make the movie. I am hurt. I would like to take up a word with whoever put this trailer together and then cut the movie. And like, why would you use this in the trailer, which is clearly the only thing that's drawing people to see this movie and then remove it from the movie? I don't know. Yeah. So what we see in this final, these final few seconds is when 
Riley, Ben, Abigail, and Mitch are on the tilt platform that Emily hates so much on their way to Cibola. And Riley like almost fell over the edge. So he's like looking over the edge of the tilt platform. And Ben asks, Riley, what do you see? And he says, death and despair, mostly death though. A little despair in the last few seconds, but then a hard sudden death. Of course, describing the uh, many, many skeletons that are at the base of this pit, which I will say is not nearly as deep of a pit as Parkington Lane. I mean, like, fair, but the tilting platform made it seem worse. It did. It made it seem scarier. And, like, I, I maintain that maybe if you had fallen off the tilt platform feet first, like, you probably would have broken your legs, but you probably wouldn't have necessarily died. I don't know, Aubrey. I think the skeletons down there suggest otherwise. Yeah, plus their bones could probably impale you. Impale you, you say? Yeah. I mean, they've got to be sharp, right? They could. You know what they could probably kill? No, they couldn't. Never mind. Were you gonna I was going to say a vampire, but they're not made of wood. <laughs> I was going to say water because that's the real villain in this movie. Water is the real villain of this movie. I honestly don't think the bones would kill water. I think the water would corrode the bones and turn it into like sand or some shit. So they really are the villain. Water really is the villain. It, it, if it was in that area, it would. Yeah. Yeah. But you would never know water was the villain from this trailer, Emily. You would. I mean, there, there's like, what, like one second of water in the entire thing? Yeah, literally. And it doesn't make any sense because there's also fire. So it's like, it's just very, very contrarian and confusing. So guys, that is our full breakdown of the National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets trailer. And I think we need to leave y'all with some final thoughts here because my head is spinning. Yes. Okay. I still cannot get over the eagle clutching the scroll on the diary page. Literally half of the movie would not have happened if they kept that scene. So I really, really wonder how that was supposed to work. And then furthermore, you brought up the great point of like, why keep it in the trailer? Yeah. And you know what? Like, I want to see that movie. Yeah. I love National Treasure too, but like, I want to see the movie that's all about the secret book. Yeah. I I do think maybe you're onto something though in that maybe you know I, I don't think that a trailer is normally cut together once the whole movie is done being put together. So maybe they just like kind of used the footage they had and maybe they were still like doing reshoots and realized, "Oh, it would work so much better if there was a cipher on the back instead of the symbol." And they still had to shoot that again. So maybe that's why this made it in and they still had to introduce the book. So how are they going to do it without having the symbol, you know? Yeah, that's definitely possible. Um, I'm also still really baffled by the treasure of it all. I'm sorry. Just having the word treasure in the name of the movie is not enough. Mm-hmm. Never once ever do we see the treasure in this, you know, trailer, which seems really weird until you realize they only say the word treasure once. And it's this Frankenbitten line that's really out of place. So in other words, if you never saw these movies before, I think this trailer would be extremely confusing because it's called National Treasure, but we're told the movie's about clearing an ancestor's name, and then it's finding a book, and then it's about kidnapping the president, and suddenly there's a treasure, but then there's no subsequent mention of the treasure again, and then we never return to the clearing the ancestor's name part, so it's kind of an afterthought. But then it's kind of, I mean, let's put it this way. The amount of conversations we've had with some of our indie podcaster friends and the question they always ask us is, how was this about clearing his ancestor's name? That is not a coincidence, right? (laughs) It's not. And you know, something else that I want to point out when we're on this little rampage here, Book of Secrets, the little tag on the ending of the trailer name, there is a book. That book does have secrets in them. Do we explore those secrets? Not really. That's a great point. I mean, the trailer explores the secrets more than the movie does. Why call it National Treasure Book of Secrets? Why not call it National Treasure Kidnapping the President or National Treasure Clearing My Family's Name? Yeah. I mean, maybe then it would be more obvious that it was about clearing the ancestor's name because clearly the viewers aren't getting that. No, I barely um, got it the first time. 
or the second or the third or the 106th. Um, I think long story short, I would have a lot of questions if this was the trailer I got before seeing the movie. And I really do think this is the reason for all of your plights, Emily, or at least I'm going to chalk it up to that. And you're welcome because now there's a reason. Yeah. Let's say that's, that's what it is guys from, so from now on, whenever I mention that, you know, (laughs) I'm forgetting something or whatever, I'm just going to be like, you know what? It's that darn National Treasures 2 trailer. That's what did me in. Okay, so we've talked about the plot. Now, final reflections on the production part of this trailer. I think for me, production-wise, I am really struck by the B-roll flash footage that was used. There is a lot of geographical B-roll showing all the different places that they went, which we already mentioned. There's also a lot of shots of the car chase scene, which I know you probably find really annoying. I hate car chases. I am tired of seeing them. I don't come to National Treasure or National Treasure 2 for car chases. I like literally ignore those parts actively. I think when I was taking notes on the film, I literally just wrote like, ugh, car chase scene. No, I'm pretty sure you wrote, ugh, car chase scene. I'm going to the bathroom now. (laughs) Probably, or I at least went to the bathroom. (laughs) But I mean, and even though I I can really appreciate the choreography and the production of the car chases, it's not important plot-wise, literally at all. So the fact that they put it into the trailer so much is really strange to me. Also, lots of shots inside of the Library of Congress that we don't ever see. Mm -hmm. And that's a little bit of a shame since we know how much they like to feature the locations that they use it seems like they had a lot more footage of that incredible building that they could have used and they just never did. Yeah, they had it. It just didn't make it in. I also wonder, and now I'm just kind of spitballing here. I also wonder when the Lincoln assassination really came into full view for the writers. Like when Mm. was that going to be really important here because again they mentioned the clearing the ancestors name at the very beginning and we never see it again but that's only one reason I wonder that the other is let's go back to national treasure one if you recall that trailer the whole beginning of it is explaining the origins of the Templar treasure through historical flashbacks honestly I think a solid third of that trailer is Christopher Plummer and the little boy it's not, and that's almost as much time as they have in the actual movie itself. <laughs> so, they just put all the scenes in there. Yeah, pretty much. But we don't get any of that historical bit in this trailer. You know, even though there's a substantial scene at the beginning of the Lincoln assassination and of Thomas Gates and of the cipher and of the KGC and of another little boy like if they really if that was like a draw for them none of that is in this trailer so I kind of wonder if that historical preface was more of an afterthought than it was in the first movie Mm, that's that's a good point and I think it's I don't know why my voice cracked just there but that it's definitely possible you know it, it yeah it doesn't it makes you wonder yeah okay and then the last thing Emily and I don't know if you have any other thoughts like overarching thoughts but The last thing I want to share is, again, Charles Seegers and Oren Aviv did share with us that they were writing pages of the script, you know, the day before they were filming them. And that just feels really evident from this trailer. No. (laughs) I I don't say that disrespectfully at all, um, because we all know how much you and I appreciate these films. Mm -hmm. I just say that knowing the films as well as we do, this trailer is much less organized and much less in line with the final film that we see than the relationship between National Treasure 1 and its trailer. Would you agree? That's true. I completely agree. Yeah. And I, you know, I have to think that, you know, I, I said it in the beginning, but, you know, young Emily was very excited to see this movie based on this trailer. And she, she wasn't disappointed with the movie she saw but definitely didn't see the movie that the trailer was advertising and would love to see that version. Yeah, and adult Emily recognizes that fact. Yes. (laughs) Um, Well, guys, that was our recap and commentary, if you will, of the National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets trailer. 
y'all are going to want to go watch the trailer after you've listened to this to think about everything we've just said. And we really do want to know your thoughts on all of these plot points or plot divergences, if you will. I don't really know what to call it besides just like a different story altogether. So Emily, why don't you tell everyone where they should go to tell us their thoughts on this bizarre piece of cinema? You can tell us your thoughts and also find that dope trailer on both Twitter and Instagram at NT Hunt Podcast. You can also find us for your listening ears on iTunes, Spotify. We got you covered there on SoundCloud, baby. And guys, go ahead, like, comment, rate, review, do whatever you can on all the platforms. We absolutely love talking to you. If you're new to the show, please feel free to engage with us. We have a blast talking to you and we promise to respond (laughs) absolutely and by we she means me um (laughs) that's a secret and hey don't forget to check out our national treasure hunt merch store on t public you will find that at our link in bio on all of the platforms emily just mentioned or you can go to tpublic.com and search for national treasure hunt we have so much cool stuff for you guys to check out and maybe show your support but hey next time we are coming at you with a brand new episode as part of season three of our show and that episode is going to be an in-depth character analysis of benjamin franklin gates So we are going to psychoanalyze this man and assess all of his actions and his inactions with a fine-tooth comb. Going to put my neuroscience almost PhD degree to use. (laughs) I honestly couldn't describe it any better. And with that, we look forward to you joining us next time. And until then, I'm Aubrey. And I'm Emily. And thank you so much for joining us on our National Treasure Hunt. (laughs) 